Today's episode of Beyond the Mask is presented by the insurance specialists at BrightThink Wealth Strategies. Find the disability insurance coverage that fits you best right now. Email Robert Smith at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. The show is also made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. Get a free consultation today to be guided through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Just visit crnafinancialplanning.com. We'd also like to thank Helping Hands and OSA EMR for their support of the show. And don't forget, listening to our podcast can earn you Class B credits. For more information on how you can submit them, check out the CE Credit tab on our website, beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7. Welcome to Beyond the Mask. I'm Jeremy Stanley, and I've been working with CRNAs for over 23 years, and I'm married to one. And my co-host is... Sharon Pierce. Sharon's a practicing CRNA for over 20 years, a past president of the ANA, the NCANA, and she's held many other leadership roles. As usual, our goal with every episode is to educate and enlighten CRNAs, and I think our topic today is definitely going to do that. And Sharon, what time is it? It's time to wake up, Jeremy. I think it is. Well, hello, Sharon and listeners, and welcome to the show. How are you doing today? You know, I'm doing wonderful, wonderful. Couldn't be better. <laughs> 70 degrees outside. The markets are down seven or 800 points today. I mean, it's awesome. It's wonderful. Uh, I bet your <laughs> behind is eating that chair right now with the market down that much. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, this too shall pass. I've been down this road many times. So. I know that you have, and you've talked me off of a ledge a time or two whenever <laughs> it went crazy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, with that psychology portion. Yeah, That's with right. that psychology piece of you. That's right. That's right. Well, did you have a good day? I did. Yeah. I, I had a, kind of a slow day. I only did 15 cases this morning. Wow. Yeah, Ooh. it was pretty slow. <laughs> <laughs> get them in, get them out. Amen to that. A little propofol or Versed? What were you using today? Yeah, a little propofol. All right. A little propofol, a lot of propofol. All right. But I work with one of the most um, technically best endoscopists I've ever worked with in my entire career. Awesome. That makes a big difference for sure. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. Well, I'll let you take over and drive a little bit today because I think you're interviewing me, right? Yes, I am. And I'm looking forward to this. And we'll be talking about a topic that we kind of do drive-bys about a lot, considering that a lot in our profession, I say our, even though it's my profession, (laughs) uh, but I feel like you're one of us, Jeremy. Retirement, CRNAs are, a lot of CRNAs are coming up into the last decade of their profession. So the things that they need to think about are, you know, all different questions about retirement itself. So That's what we're going to talk about today, Jeremy. And so when guessing at retirement's most important questions, 
it can go wrong and does go wrong. And you're going to help us avoid that, right, Jeremy? Absolutely. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting, you know, and I say this a lot. You've heard me say this. I mean, you know, if I went in and gave an anesthetic, somebody's going to die for sure. <laughs> um, but, you know, in my job, um, what I do every day, you guys can probably do it. But you're guessing because you don't do it every single day. Now, not that there's not CRNAs out there that couldn't do this. They absolutely can. It is, I tell people, what I do is not rocket science, but you do have to do it. You have to be in it. You have to understand it. And you have to be focused on it. And, you know, a lot of CRNAs don't really care about this stuff, to be honest. So, um, and when we're talking about retirement, you're talking about giving up the goose that laid the golden egg. I mean, Sharon, anesthesia has gotten you a long way in your life. It's gotten you friends. It's gotten you money. It's gotten you fame. I mean, look at this show. Like we're, I know right? it got me to know you, Jeremy <laughs> Stanley. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, when we're talking about this stuff, you know, we can't reiterate enough, especially when the average CRNA is 51 years old. We know that half of the CRNA population is going to retire in the next 10 years or so. Um, a lot of people are going to be having to make decisions out there and we want to help them with that. Yes, we do. So I guess the biggest first question that everybody has is how much monthly income will you need? I know you and I've had these discussions a lot and we're getting ready to sit down to look at my future coming up. Yeah, you've had quite a few changes in the last year or so. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's definitely time. When you have changes, there there's definitely time to readdress and take a look at everything. And and trying to figure out how much monthly income you need is tough. Um, it's one of the first questions I ask when we're doing retirement planning for clients. How much do you think you're gonna need in retirement? And all of a sudden it gets quiet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. When I say, well, do you have one of those nasty B words? And they go, the husband always looks at me and I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not talking about that B word. No, no. Budget, budget, Uh, Mm. which is the nasty B word. And, you know, overwhelmingly, the more money people make, the less they budget. And um, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, because if you want it, you basically go get it. You got money in the bank. You'll work another shift tomorrow and we're all good. Right. That um, is exactly right. I, I, again, I've been doing this a long time. I understand the mentality, you know. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about retirement, you're talking about a finite resource of what you've saved for retirement and maybe what you're going to get from Social Security that has to last you for the rest of your life. And that's another portion that, you know, we really don't know how long you're going to live. Are you going to live to 75? Are you going to live to 105? So you've got to plan for all these variables. Um, Say, listen, now, do y'all have actuarial tables or something that you look at that kind of guess? Yeah, based I mean, on family history, et cetera. Yeah, and I always ask about the family history. You know, how how long do people in your family live? You know, um, what are the males if it's a male? How long does an average male live? And you know, um, well, I was talking to a guy yesterday, and he said every single person in his family as a male has died in their seventies. Nobody's ever made it to eighty. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for me to project him out to ninety or ninety-five. I mean, he's probably right. not going to make it. 
not that we don't back test that we will, but the likelihood is that he's probably not going to make it either. But yeah, mm-hmm. longevity plays a factor, you know, your condition now. I mean, if you're, um, you know, 200 pounds overweight, you smoke a uh, three or four packs of cigarettes a day and drink a case of beer at night and you're a diabetic and you're already having heart problems and you're in your fifties. Uh, I'd say the likelihood is that you're not going to live to 80, 85 years old. So, and but, then along come, Pierce's family and throw a wrench in all of that. His mother <laughs> is 90 and smoked two packs a day of unfiltered pell-mell cigarettes for 65 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 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 Well, leave it to Pierce to do that. You know, yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> yes. But you know, and a lot of times people dramatically underestimate the amount they're going to need. There are rules of thumb out there and they are just that they are rules of thumb somewhere between you know, 70 and 80% of what you made prior to retirement is kind of a good rule of thumb, but that is not right for everyone. You know, we really try to get in there and say, okay, how much are you bringing home now? What's your net monthly paycheck look like, Sharon? Um, and then what's going to change when you retire? Will the house be paid off? Are the kids gone? We don't have to pay for them, but are you going to travel? And if so, what kind of travel you want to do? Are you the backpacking, hiking type? Are you the, I'm on a jet set around the world type, you know, because travel's expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you figure out all those things you want to do. And, um, you know, we kind of bank that into the equation and we say, is this realistic? If you're living off of, you know, $8,000 a month now, and you tell me in retirement, you want 15,000, I can almost guarantee you that it isn't going to work. If you're living off eight now and you say, ah, you know, 6,000 to probably get me where I want to go, that might work. But the other thing that we try to do, Sharon, is we try to get people to test that before they retire. So give that a test run. You know, let's say that all this is paid off and you're going to live off $6,000. Go do the things you want to do. Try it out and see if it actually works. Because the last thing you want to do is retire and give up the goose that laid the golden egg. And then you realize, hmm, 6,000 is not enough. I need nine. So how long do you get them to do the test? Six months? Yeah. I mean, I I always tell them to try it out and just see for a few months and and see if it's realistic. Um, And usually you want to do that, you know, a couple years before retirement and just see, all right, if I've got all the variables already taken care of, is this a realistic number for me? And if it is, that's great. But if you see real quickly that this is just not going to work, then it gives us a little time to plan for that. Now, you have kind of an average number in your head that you've dealt with with CRNAs. And I know what you've told me is about 12000 a month. Well, I think that's on the high end. That's probably the higher end of what. Oh wait, that's what I'm shooting for. (laughs) (laughs) I swear, I thought that's what you told me. Maybe you just said that's what you need, (laughs) Chair. Yeah, I mean, you know, usually CRNAs are somewhere around that hundred thousand to one hundred and fifty thousand mark. I mean, twelve thousand be one hundred and forty-four, but that's typically in the neighborhood of most of our CRNA clients. That's what they want. But again, that is dramatically different depending on lifestyle and, you know, how much savings you've done before. I mean, obviously, we're all saving for retirement. That will stop at that point. But what does that look like? Are you the type that wants to sit on the front porch and whittle? Um, are you the type that wants to travel the world? Um, and, and that aids in it as well. And then, um, like I said, you know, longevity. But you really need to sit down and come up with a true income plan 
because that income plan will help you avoid major mistakes. It'll help keep you on track. And it will also help you in times like today when the markets are volatile and you're extremely worried. You've got your income plan in place. We've tested it. We know that it's going to work. Um, given all these different variables, and you can feel okay. I'm not going to ever say good when the markets are as volatile as they've been, but you can feel okay that you're on track moving forward. Have you thought about what would happen if you weren't able to work for two or three years? You know, on average, 25% of people will file a disability claim, and most of us aren't prepared for that loss of income. Every CRNA needs to protect their biggest asset, yourself and your ability to earn with a disability insurance policy. We recommend contacting Robert Smith, a master disability insurance specialist with more than 30 years of experience and 1,800 CRNA clients to find the coverage that fits you best. The best way to do that is to send him an email at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. That's rsmithjr at financialguide.com or call him at 504-394-6557. So how do you plan for major purchases that you might have or emergencies, let's say? Yeah, I mean, you know, that again goes back to that income plan because I call it fluff. I always use that. How much fluff do we have in the plan? And we use something called Monte Carlo simulation analysis to, to see the validity of the numbers. Um, and then depending upon how much money we're projecting you to have left, that's your fluff. And is there enough fluff in there to take care of life's what ifs? And, you know, that is, what if the car breaks down and need a new car? What if I need a new roof for the house? What if one of us has a health hiccup? Um, You know, what does that look like? And we'll talk about that in just a minute. Or, you know, your daughter gets married, Sharon. You know, that's not cheap, right? Oh, my God. They tell you to plan for college. They don't tell you to plan for the weddings. Right. And I guarantee you that you can plan all day long and your plan will not look or work the way you plan it. Um, I've done this long enough to know that you've got to have fluff in the plan. You've got to plan for life's what ifs and emergencies that come up. Um, because they definitely, definitely will. Um, and if you're running it really close to the cuff for retirement anyway, and then you have these emergencies come up, you're going to have to dramatically adjust your lifestyle at some point, or you'll have to tell us exactly when you're going to die. Oh my, but I imagine people fail to put that in their retirement plan by and large. Oh, I mean, if you, if you're doing it on your own, um, I've seen people who have kind of gone about this and then realized, uh, I just don't feel real comfortable with this. I mean, here's the rest of my life and I need somebody who's a professional who does this and kind of walk me through it, but they don't think about these types of things. Um, or they think about it too much. There, there is an extreme to that. And I, I tell the story about clients I've got who have millions of dollars, uh, saved and with us and I can't get them to go out to eat throughout the week. I mean, you know, they're so scared of uh, what ifs, what if, um, that they won't spend the money that they have. So they spent their entire life saving all this money, and now they're living like paupers when they're, they have millions of dollars. So, be- Well, this is a question I have and that may not know the answer, but well, millennials are savers. Yes. It'll be interesting to see what happens because – you, I would think that you're probably talking about people who are children of people who lived through the depression. And we know that 
that plays a part in how people think. Oh, absolutely it does. I mean, the anybody who lived through the Depression or children of those folks or even some grandchildren, you know, even grew up that way, um, you know, they definitely have a different mentality on saving and spending. But it could come from a lot of different things. Sharon, I've told you this before, you know, I mean, my, my parents weren't that great at, at managing money. And, you know, it made me and has driven me to the point that I wanted to learn and understand it and know about it. Um, And that's the reason that, you know, I do what I do every day. And, you know, everybody has a different reason for the way they act and the things they do. But you're exactly right. Wow. So it's going to be interesting to see if the, the generations coming up, how they'll handle their retirements. Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head with millennials. We're already seeing it. I mean, they are savers. Um, mm-hmm. They're investors. Um, they are fearless. They don't mind taking chances. Um, it's going to be an interesting generation to kind of watch unfold for sure. Yeah. Um, well, I love millennials, you know. All right. Let's talk about something that's been in the news a lot lately. Yeah. Inflation. So what will inflation do to your retirement? Yeah, I mean, especially right now, you know, that's a big, uh, a big buzzword. You know, the last 10 years or so, inflation has really been non-existent, 2%. I mean, you know, it, it's not been anything that we've been concerned about. And of course, with COVID and the supply chain issues, we've seen it raise its ugly head again. Um, and, you know, over the last 12 months, about a 7.5% inflation rate. If, if you bought a used car in the last 12 months, it was up over 40% used car prices. New cars were up 115 I mean, these are things that are real inflation. And inflation obviously erodes your buying power. So if you've got money, think about it this way. If you had $100,000 sitting in the bank, you know what the banks are paying you right now, right? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I mean, nothing. nothing. They're using your money for free, basically. But if your money was sitting there, then that means you lost over the last 12 months seven and a half thousand dollars by your money sitting in the bank mm. because that buying power was eroded over the last 12 months. So that's what inflation can do. All right. So it's seven and a half percent now. And the last few years, it had been two percent. Yeah. Said? I mean, somewhere in that two percent. Yeah. What's yeah. the highest it's it's been? That would have probably been during the Jimmy Carter years. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw it. I mean, we're seeing inflation that is reminiscent of that now. And I, I don't know exactly what that was back then, but I know it was pretty high. I mean, you know, well, I know the interest rate was 24 percent. Yeah. Yeah. 24 percent. And the reason why I know that is my dad didn't think girls should go to college. And finally, whenever he figured out I was going to go, little did he know I would never stop. But (laughs) he gave me $10,000 in cash on my 18th. He had me meet him at the bank when I turned 18. And um, so I put it in a CD Mm. earning 24%. And you, you left it in there. You got a 30-year CD, right? Earning 24%. I, you know, I can't remember. You've got to remember how long 18 was uh, ago. But I went to school on the interest because I went to a community college, which was $39 a quarter for wow. tuition. And I did not touch the principal at all. Went all the way through nursing school on that CD. I got my associate's degree. And then... 
I split it with my sister whenever I was done. I am such an idiot. <laughs> um, and I, and I took $5,000 and put it down on the first apartment building that wow. I bought and I still own. Wow. But that's wow. the only reason why I remember all those numbers. Yeah. I mean, and you need to factor that in. I mean, if you've got a couple, just to give you a, an idea who starts out and they wanted $5,000 a month at age 65 to cover their monthly expenses. Okay. Now they're going to need almost $10,000 a month when they're 85 to cover the same expenses. Well, I hope you don't have those expenses. I mean, you know, social security was put into place because uh, the elderly were starving. It was never meant to be your sole means of support because no. they assume you'd have your house paid for and all of those kinds of things. But boy, yeah. how things have changed since what, 1965 or, oh, yeah. no, no. Social security was before then, wasn't it? I think it was, uh, FDR, it, it was the in, big, the, I can't remember the year, Sharon. The new deal. Well, um, FDR was in the forties. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that if you Medicare was 65, that's right. Medicare was 65. social security yes. was FDR. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um, Ooh, it, say that again. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So inflation, inflation, you need to put that in your plan. You need to understand that it can erode that buying power over time. Um, and again, you want to project out at a higher inflation rate than you think, because You'd rather have too much money than not enough. Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. All right. Another biggie we need to talk about is healthcare costs. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And they're, they're basically two areas in America where costs are increasing faster than inflation. And that is higher education and healthcare. And you know, when healthcare is over 20% of GDP, um, we're, we're seeing it everywhere. I mean, the government's obviously trying to get a handle on this, but it, it hasn't happened yet. Um, and you know, I read something, um, not too long ago that the average retiree, what do you think the average person, um, would, is going to need for healthcare expenses in retirement share? Oh my God. I don't even want to think about it, but hmm, let's see. Overall, or just to cover premiums? <laughs> just overall, overall. Oh my God! Just tell me, because I can't even do the math in my head. I'm not like you. Yeah, it's over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <gasps> I would never guess that. Over a quarter of a million dollars. Yes, yes, on healthcare expenses alone, and that's out of pocket healthcare expenses. A quarter of a million dollars during retirement. Yes. I mean, that's why you have to look at healthcare. Go back to my comment earlier. You need to have fluff in your plan to cover these expenses, these unexpected That's expenses. more than probably a lot of people say. Yeah. Oh, yes. my goodness. Not that's, CRNAs, that's, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I get that. That's That's pretty startling. Yeah. I mean, you've got doctor visits. 
you might have home health care, assisted living, nursing home. Um, those things add up. They're expensive. If you need any kind of care, I mean, you know, Sharon, I don't know whether um, you've gone through this with family members or not, but, you know, you could easily get to a place where you're spending eight to 10 grand a month. Um, oh, yeah. In, yeah. In, in My friend Carol Doisher is dealing with that with her mother. And they're having to cover those costs. Nobody in my family's ever lived long enough to be in a, a rest home yeah, okay. or anything. So I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, personally. it is. And, and, you know, the worst case of that is you get some disease like Alzheimer's. And, I mean, you could live for 10 years in one of those facilities. And mm-hmm. if you can imagine spending, you know, eight, nine, ten thousand $10,000 a month for 10 years, um, because your body is in good shape, it's your mind that's just not in good shape. Um, that could happen. And, you know, women, um, which obviously uh, it's a, what a 48, 52 split in, in our industry of CRNAs, but you know, women tend to live in those facilities longer. So they've got a plan for that. And you've also got a plan for, you know, what if the first spouse goes in and uses a, a ton of money for long-term care expenses and then doesn't leave the other spouse as much money to live off the rest of their life. Um, and you know, I see that I always tell our clients, I say, you know, I always worry about the first person that's going to need care. They always look at me weird and I say, yeah, I always worry about the first person because that first person could utilize a lot of resources and the second person not have enough money to live off of. So, but let's say the first person dies early. I don't really care about long-term care at that point, because if we spend everything, then the government takes care of it from there, right? And you won't leave anything for your kids. But so it's really the first person that I'm more concerned about, unless our clients say, and we have some that say, hey, you know, I want to leave a million dollars to my children or, or whatever. I mean, that's few and far between. There's not a lot of people out there that usually say, hey, this money's here to take care of me and my, my spouse. And, and, and after that, if there's anything left, yeah, sure. I'd love the kids to get it. I just don't want the government to get it. Um, but that's the way most of our clients are. But yes, I mean, healthcare plays a huge role in planning for retirement because it is so expensive. And, you know, I've never seen anyone say, at the, you know, if they've got a healthcare issue, I don't want to do this to save my life because it costs too much. Oh, here, here. You never will. You Mm-mm. never will. Um, unless it's someone who really is dedicated to their family and they say, I don't want to do this because I want to make sure that my family's taken care of. And I've, I've heard people say that, but that is few and far between. Right. Well, when push comes to shove, they change their mind because, uh, you, my daddy used to say one of our number one instincts is survival. Very true. Very true. So I guess to kind of just wrap this up, Sharon, I, I think it goes back to some of the things we've talked about before, and that is making sure that you've got a plan, testing that plan, making sure that you stay on track, um, that you're paying attention to this stuff. And if you're not going to, you're not interested, get somebody you can trust to help you with this. Because in the end, you've worked your whole life. You didn't go to work for free. Um, you worked your life to one day hopefully pay off all your debt, hopefully raise your children if you have them and quit working at some point and enjoy the rest of your life the way you want to and not have to worry about money. Well, the only way that all happens is if you have a plan, you work that plan 
and you do these things that we've talked about today. Well, there you have it. Now I'm terrified, (laughs) (laughs) but that's why I'm friends with you (laughs) 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 to keep Uh, me straight. (laughs) Well, you know, again, I, and again, I tell people all the time, what I do is not rocket science. Um, but it's like anything else. Uh, You're good at what you do. We're good at what we do. Um, and that's what makes the world go around. You know, everybody has their own goods and we help everyone else out. And that's, that's the way we do it. As my friend Dana Peterson says, everybody has a skill set. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Very true. Very true. Because you know what? I don't change my own oil anymore either. Yeah. Good for you. Good for <laughs> I you. I can. I have done it. Um, I put my own brakes on before. You know, I used to have to because I didn't have the money to pay for it. But, um, but you know, I don't do that anymore. I pay somebody else to do it. Good for you. Well, I guess that's it for us. Well, I guess that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Mass with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. If you like our show and want to help us grow, Sharon, how can they help the show grow? The best way to help us grow is to leave us a review. And thank you so much to our listeners for all the reviews we've had. And most of them have been positive. You know, in this world, there's so much negativity. No one wants any more. Absolutely. And tell your friends, share us on social media. We're consistently in the top 50 medical podcasts in the country and help us grow, please, so that we can get higher up in those rankings. So Jeremy will be happy. (laughs) All right. Until next time. It's a wrap. As a CRNA, you spend years preparing yourself for this career, so we don't want to see you lose out on any of the income you've worked so hard to earn. The best way to protect yourself and give you the confidence that a major life event won't disrupt your financial future is through disability insurance. We've known disability income specialist Robert Smith for many years and have seen the work he's done with nearly 2,000 CRNAs over multiple decades. He can help identify any gaps in your existing coverage and fill those gaps by finding the best value on a policy. Contact Robert and let him know you heard about him on our podcast. Send him an email at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. That's rsmithjr at financialguide.com. Or call him at 504-394-6557. Protect your greatest asset as a CRNA, yourself and your ability to earn a living by adding disability insurance to your financial plan. Today's show is brought to you by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services, customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. 
Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible and we would appreciate your support. OSA EMR is a free anesthesia EMR developed by CRNAs that you can download and use on an iPad. Our nonprofit mission is to make sure that solo and small practice CRNAs can digitally record their anesthetics. To learn more, visit OSAEMR.com to download and consider donating to our cause. Remember, for CRNAs, data is destiny. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group.